All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew NBA podcast, episode 188. It is a tight race in both conferences for those final playing positions. Where will the Lakers end up? The Trailblazers are blazing, and Russell Westbrook finally beats Oscar Robertson's once-untouchable record. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 188. I do not have a clever intro this week, Drew. I was thinking of something. Big Trouble in Little Staples. Just, I, I don't have a gem like that this week, Drew. Well, I'm disappointed to hear that. I think everyone else listening is disappointed <laughs> as well. Uh, episode 188, how you doing, bro? You all right? I'm doing good. I'm doing well. Um, you're getting your first shot today? Yeah, getting the first vaccination shot today, you know, outside of the Lakers giving me heart palpitations. I really am. I'm doing quite well. All right. So speaking of the Lakers, you guys raised your 17th championship banner last night. I didn't enjoy watching that, but I saw it. LeBron <laughs> didn't play. He had a nice speech to say. You guys have kind of, you know, we're getting down to these last three games that are going to be really important. Uh, you, you, you beat Denver. You lose to the Clippers. Uh, you lose an important Portland game. Um, But you come back and you beat the Suns, you beat the Knicks. Last night you get Houston. You're winning the games that you need to win right now. But the unfortunate thing is everybody else is winning. Dallas is winning. Portland is winning. So a lot of things like aren't really moving. Um, What are your what are your thoughts right now? Like moving forward in the in the next you have two games left. Yeah, we have two games left uh, Saturday, Sunday, back to back. Uh, to finish out the season, both away games uh, against the Pacers, who definitely have something to play for right now. Uh, so I don't think that should be as easy as I initially thought it was going to be. I mean, we should still beat them if if LeBron and Anthony Davis decide to play. Um, and there's a good chance that Schroeder will be back as well, if not for the Saturday game, potentially for the Sunday game against the Pelicans to close out the season. But Man, uh, so, you know, so since since our last pod, uh, that we were really looking forward to a nice Clipper Laker game. Well, let's and give everybody let's give everybody some context. You left my house at halftime. You were really upset because we were getting <laughs> in that ass early. Well, Anthony Davis rolled his ankle uh, on the scorers table, and then of course that led to back spasms, right? Because that's how that always works. It, you know, roll the ankle immediately, back spasms. It happens to a lot of people. High percentage of people this happens to mm. not. Um, <laughs> It's crazy, dude. So I, I was really upset with Anthony Davis for not like trying to tough it out. And look, man, I, I have back problems. Um, so if that truly was what happened, uh, I understand. Like if your back starts seizing up randomly, you can't do anything. You have to you have to sit or lay down or whatever. Um, so initially I was like, dude, this guy needs to tighten his fucking laces and get back on the court. We need to win games. And, you know, he, so he only played like seven minutes. Um, and I, like I said, initially I was really upset because in the game right before that, it was a huge game between Dallas and the Nets uh, on that night. And Luca did the same exact thing in that game, like two hours earlier, played the whole fucking game, played the rest of the game. It was literally the same exact rolling of the ankle on the screen or uh, on the, on this, like where the scores table is. Right. And he was fine. Tim Hardaway also in that game. Rolled we thought his he ankle. broke his foot. We thought he broke his foot in that game. <laughs> rolled his ankle all the way over. Didn't come off the court. So I, to me, initially, I was like, all right, this is the, you know, I, if there is complaints about Anthony Davis, it's definitely about maybe his level of toughness and perhaps, you know, him understanding the difference of playing hurt and being injured. Like you need to, you need to power through playing hurt. If you're injured, then you can't play. But if you're hurt, you should still be able to play. So back spasms, okay, I can understand. But it felt like an excuse for him not to get on the court. Needless to say, we got fucking blown out. I definitely left at halftime of that game. I don't need to sit through a 40-point, like, just trouncing. I was enjoying it. I was enjoying myself. of course you were. Yes. That game was, was, the Clipper game was a very revealing thing for one person in particular on this team, and it was Alex Caruso. And... Caruso is really good coming off the bench for us. He is very unselfish. He plays great defense. He hustles all over the place. All the good stuff. His shooting actually is improving this season. His three-point shot 
And his confidence, I think, has been pretty high in comparison to where he was, you know, in the previous years. But in that Clipper game, especially, he was getting to the rack. He was able to um, attack the basket, but wasn't looking to score. He was still attacking to kick out and looking to dish. And in the Portland game, he finally flipped the switch. I don't know what it was. I don't know who told him this, but you can actually finish when you go to the rack. Like, yeah, you don't have don't, to dish it. You don't have to dime it every time. You He can dunk. We know. We, we love his highlight. Like, he has athleticism. He's not just some, like, you know, he's not J.J. Barea who can't get up there with the trees and has to, like, throw floaters up the whole time. He can get to the rack. And so I think even though we lost that Portland game, which was a really – that was a really tough loss for us to take. Big one. Uh, you know, obviously we were hoping maybe LeBron would be there for that one. Didn't happen. Kuzma actually sat out of that one. And I think the big reason that we lost that game is because Taylor Horton Tucker was also out with a calf strain. So literally it was Kuzma and Caruso as our ball hangers. We had Kuzma playing point guard, which was very scary. But like I said, Caruso, I think actually unlocked, like it's, it, it feels like it was in NBA 2K. He unlocked the, the, the finisher badge or some shit like that and finally realized he can make layups in traffic. Uh, so we lost that game to Portland, which I honestly I was I was pretty devastated by because it was like, all right, shit, that that's a big loss, and it vaulted Portland into the five seed, which is crazy because you know just the way that the tiebreakers are working, I just didn't expect them to leapfrog Dallas yet again. So now Portland in the five, Dallas in the six, we're firmly in the seven seed at this time. Uh, but we came back with huge, huge wins. These last three games have been. Fucking crazy. I mean, we we dominated Phoenix, uh, which is currently what we would do. We would be matching up with Phoenix in the first round if we finish the seventh seed and take care of the first playing game. Uh, and I'm very happy with how that game unfolded. DeAndre Ayton was nowhere to be found. Anthony Davis was dominant, back to his old self, being more aggressive, not just settling for fadeaway jump shots from 18 feet. Overall, great performance. And then these last two games has been really THT time. I, there's no other way to say it. He's we are <laughs> living and dying with Taylor Horton Tucker uh, because you know as he's really improved his offensive game over the course of this year, his decision making I think is very indecisive at times, uh, and he gets in trouble you know when he tries to do too much with the ball, uh, and at least the turnovers. I mean. He won. He literally won the game for us against the Knicks. He had a huge three in overtime. And I don't, you know, without him in that game, we didn't have Caruso for that one. You know, we we definitely lose that game. So, I mean, look, big win against Phoenix, huge overtime win against the Knicks, and then a crazy one last night against Houston, which we had, we literally, you know, sat most of our players. No, no Anthony Davis last night. Um, at the end of the Knicks game, he was like grabbing his groin, which is also Shocking. terrifying. Yeah, and, and so if you're if you're a Lakers fan, you're probably hearing like the, the phrase kinetic chain all the time because that's what everyone's talking about. Anthony Davis has a problem with his kinetic chain. And it's like I haven't heard that it, once, Drew. I haven't heard that once. That dude, makes it's sense. It's all over like that, but that's what everyone's saying. Like, oh now because it starts with the Achilles, but then it works his way up to the uh, ankle and the hamstring and now his back. Back and then, spasms and groins. And, and now it's his groin and abductor. And so it just sucks, man. It's just like Jesus, can we just can this guy just stay healthy? Can he just please play basketball? Uh so in in, <laughs> in a game where we, you know, we we actually raised the banner. Awesome. We go into play a Houston team that has eight players available, eight total players. And we really probably should have lost that game. Like Kelly Olenek was on fire. Unbelievable. Um, Armani Brooks was just everywhere. I, I don't, I've never said that guy's name before in my life. First time ever mentioned on the podcast. And and KJ Martin Jr. I like him to Kenyon. That dude plays hard. I like and him a lot. Huge. It was unbelievably huge that we won that game. It shouldn't have been as close. We really we, we got out to a nice lead in the first quarter, but they won every quarter after that. They won the second, third, and fourth quarters. Luckily, we just had enough in the tank to close them out, and we won by two points uh, after Kuzma with the heroics in that game. Well, T THT almost turned that shit over, though, yeah. at the end there. I mean, he got the pass off, and Kuzma did finish. You guys squeaked that one by. Uh, barely, but a win's a win, and you need those wins right now. Absolutely, and so we're we're on a winning streak. We won three in a row. We we definitely should be able to win out. I think we absolutely need to. Disregarding the seeding, 
we need to finish on a winning streak. We need to have this momentum moving forward. Uh, and with Caruso being banged up, you know, sore right foot, he didn't play last night. Um, you know, I just, and, and, and Schroeder still being out, like I, I really would love to be able to have our full squad back for Saturday and Sunday. Uh, and that includes LeBron James. I would love to see him out there. God knows he's dancing on the sideline enough. His ankle looks good. Uh, would love to see him out there, but he's getting ready for the playoffs. I think he's, he's ready to play in the playoffs. Yes. Um, I think getting these extra few games of rest is needed. I think that it's this five, six, seven seed in the West right now. Like the Blazers, you want to talk about momentum. I mean, they got nine and one in their past 10 games. They're, they're hitting the gas pedal right when it's right when it's needed. Um, and they're just hitting their stride right now. So if you look at Portland's next two games, right? Phoenix and Denver must wins two extremely difficult games for them. Uh, the Mavs next two games, Toronto and Minnesota, they should win those games. Uh, Lakers next two games, Indiana and New Orleans, you should win those games. So it's going to be tougher for Portland. And you know, the last thing I want to see, and again, Portland and Dallas are, they're tied right now for the, for the fifth, um, but is there a tie? There's a tiebreaker involved in that, though, correct? Yeah, That's Portland. What... Portland knows the tiebreaker, owns the tiebreaker between them and Dallas. But if Dallas, Portland, and the Lakers all finish with the same record, Dallas gets the nod and gets the higher seed because they won their conference mm-hmm. or their division. Their division, excuse me. So, if anything, Portland has is going to have the hardest two remaining games in Phoenix um, and Denver. And again, like. I'm not hating on the Lakers. I want the Lakers to stay in that seven spot badly. Uh, I don't, as I think the Clippers are going to, we have three games left. Uh, We play Charlotte tonight and then we have uh, Houston and then OKC. Those are three very winnable games. Uh, I I want to win all three of those games. I think, I think we're going to keep that third spot. Um, I don't see us dropping to four because Denver's one game behind us too. I mean, it's going to be close, Drew. I don't know. I don't know. We could possibly drop to the four and you could be the sixth, you know? Yes. But yeah, it could definitely, it could definitely roll out that way. I just think, I think unfortunately for us, I don't think Dallas is going to lose those two last games. And so even if we win our next two and Dallas wins their next two, we'll still be a game behind them. Mm-hmm. So our only hope is that, Portland drops down, but what that does, if, if Portland loses the next two games, which by the way, they just beat Utah last night in a great game. Uh, but Utah had no Conley and no Donovan Mitchell. So they, I, like you said, they're nine, they are rolling. They're the hottest team in the NBA right now. Uh, literally they have the best record in the last 10 games uh, in the entire league. So I, I think there's still a chance that they take it to the Suns and they take it to uh, mm-hmm. Denver in the last game. And unfortunately for the Lakers, I do think Denver is not going to do us any favors. Um, you know, the only, the only scenario that I see uh, Denver actually trying to win the last game of the season has to do with their potential to reach the third seed. And what that would mean is that you guys, the Clippers would have to drop at least one game to make that something to play for, because just like we talked about the tiebreakers with those other teams, Denver owns the tiebreaker over you guys, over the Clippers. So if you guys finish even with the same record, they're going to get the higher seed. So that's the only scenario that I see in my mind that Denver goes out and tries to win that last game against Portland. Uh, other than that, I, I would I would assume if they're if they have no chance of catching the three seed, they would uh, very very much rather play, you know, Portland um, or Dallas than they would you know the Lakers in any situation. I, I think at this point. I think that's the, that's the big thing. And I think for the Lakers, if we are hoping to get into the sixth seed, it's going to come down to Portland losing that last game of the season. Uh, of course, we have to take care of business as well. But the play-in scenario, even though I'm not super stoked that the Lakers are going to probably fall into it, it's certainly making these last you know five games of the season way more interesting than any point in any other season that I can remember. Because normally yeah. – it, people don't give a shit in the last part of the season. Yeah, but see, this is – and I, I bring this up all the time, though. This is why these games in February and, you know, these December afternoon games that, you know, we kind of just write off as like, oh, you know, we're just a little lackadaisical. We're coming off a, a road trip. Those are the games that, like, you got to win. I know for a fact that Clippers had, Clippers had six or seven games that we should have won, right? And then we wouldn't be in this position at the end of the, at the, end of the season. Um, but it, it's really interesting, man. I, I just – this whole thing can be flip-flops. I just, from a basketball fan standpoint, a play-in with the Lakers and Golden State, just the way that, that that Steph has been playing and that 
and they're going to come to play. You know, Steph and Draymond are going to be ready to play, and they're going to think that they can win too. Um, and Steph, who's just been magical all year, uh, I would like to see that scenario. And then I would also like to see Clippers in Dallas because we played them in the playoffs last year. Uh, I think they're definitely beatable. I think we could beat Portland as well. But back to Portland really quick. Like the last thing you want is Portland to come in with with this full steam, you know, ready to come into the playoffs um, and ready to like, you know, Dame's. I don't know, man. Portland's seeing Portland the first round coming off all these wins that they're doing. That's why. Okay, put it this way, Drew. If Portland can beat Denver and the Suns and go into the playoffs with their nuts hanging like they like they are, they could be extremely scary. And that's why I don't want to see them. Yeah, I think you would always want to you'd rather take the team that's that's kind of dropping games here and there. You don't want to always take the the even though it might be a, a in comparison to the Lakers, for instance, it might be an easier opponent. But you, you also just don't want the hottest team in the league running up against you. I mean, look, it's a very similar situation to what happened to them last year. They were the second hottest team in the bubble outside of the Suns, which didn't lose a game and still didn't make the, the play-in scenario. Uh, but last year, the, this is exactly what Portland did again. I mean, if we're thinking about the bubble, they ran through that bubble. They were on fire and they destroyed. Well, I mean, it was a pretty close game, but I, it wasn't that close in the play-in scenario game that they had against Memphis last year. But then they met the Lakers and we were a better team. We beat them in five games. So, you know, I do think even if they are that hot and they play you or the Nuggets, I do, unfortunately for them, poor Portland, I, their defense is just, it's going to let them down again this year. I, I I feel bad for for two teams right now. I feel bad for whoever the Lakers are going to have to play in the first round, whether that's Phoenix in the two-seat or Utah in the one, I feel bad for them because we're we're going to beat them in that first round. That's going to happen. Mark your words, Drew. Mark oh, your words. You're we, calling we, it. We absolutely demolished the Suns without LeBron James. So, and it, it, we're we're the worst nightmare for the Suns. And in a season where they should be rewarded with a nicer opponent, they're going to get us in the first round. I feel shitty for them mm-hmm. or for Utah. I, I feel the same way about Utah. I think we will roll through that team in the first round. Um, and then I also, I feel bad for Boston, no, for, for, for the trailblazers because their matchup scenario, unless they can play Phoenix or Utah, it's pretty, it's pretty bleak. (laughs) I, I, I don't think they're going to beat Denver that series. If it ends right now, it's the four or five Portland and Denver or Denver and Portland four or five. I think that'll be a very exciting series. I think Portland will have a chance in that for sure. But they have no semblance of an answer for Jokic. Mm-hmm. And I, I think on the other side, you know, Denver's guards are obviously not, they're not what we expected them to be in this round. So I think Dame and CJ could have a field day. But defensively, Portland still is lacking. And I think Denver is a better defensive team. I just, I, I, I feel bad for the Blazers because here we are again in Same another thing situation. Every year. Yeah, where they're they're doing pretty good and they have a good unit, and just I don't think they're going to be able to do anything. I think they're going to get bounced in the first round again. I I've, I say this on every podcast, but I can I cannot lose in the first round, Drew. This cannot happen this year. The Clippers cannot lose in the first round. Okay, I want to see a fully healthy Laker team at some point, and I feel the same way. Like I'm not scared of the Suns really, and I'm not really scared of Utah. Um, it's, it's the Lakers and it's Denver that scare me for whatever reason, even without Jamal Murray. But, um, and, and the other thing is drew is these play in games, like the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Suns jazz, they'll have an extra six days off, you know, which I think would be huge. And I know the Lakers could definitely use that right now. Um, and not be in this situation. I know Kawhi and Paul George and the Clippers are going to love it, you know, to be able to take those six days off and whatnot, but, you know, we've been, we haven't been playing that great either though. You know, um, our shooting's gone down a little bit, uh, six and four in our last 10. Yeah. You guys lost to the Knicks, uh, afternoon game in a close game. Yeah. Yeah. Their defense is really good. Their defense. (laughs) It's, it's a really good defense. And Julius, Julius didn't have a great game, but he got to the rim whenever he wanted to. And, um, uh, you know, those are the kind of games that I want to win, Drew. Like that's and, and Clipper Clipper fans always write it off like, oh, we're horrible at afternoon games. Nah, it's we can't say that, man. Yeah, a lot that of, lot of be, that shouldn't be the case. No, a lot of teams play afternoon games. Like it happens, right? There was that one in the bubble where we played at 10 a.m. against Dallas, and that was a little weird, right? Like yeah. there should be no reason you're playing a 10 a.m. game in basketball. That's just that's just weird to me. So 
anyways, we're going to see what's going to happen in the next few days. Um, I don't so want to. Hold on. I have a, I have a question for you. Oh, okay. Let's I do a, it. I have a question for you because I know that you, you don't want to get bounced in the first round. I don't see that happening in this scenario, unless of course, you know, like the worst case scenario happens and we have to play each other in the first round Lakers Clippers. And I do think that one will go down to the wire. I don't, by no means do I think we're going to just mop the floor with you guys. It's good. That's going to be a, a hell of a series if it ends up that way. So that's why I don't want it. I don't want it to happen because right. I do think out of the teams in the West, I honestly believe you guys have the best chance of beating us mm-hmm. uh, because of the fact that Kawhi and Paul George are, are, Unbelievable players. Um, so my question is this. You guys re-signed Paul George. He's locked in. Kawhi has a player option for next year. So there's a good chance that if you don't, you know, get to a championship or get to a finals or something like that, that Kawhi could could leave in free agency this next year. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that he's even something that is in the realm of possibility? Are you nervous that he might want to leave? Uh, where, where are you at with that? I've been asked this question a lot, whether it's in clubhouse or, or, you know, on other people's podcasts, but no, I think he, I think definitely if we get bounced in the first round, it's going to be a consideration. I think Kawhi is happy. We all know he, he loves playing at home. He just bought a huge mansion in the Palisades for the family. Like um, he has the house in San Diego as well. Um, I think he wants to build something here. If anything happens, it would be more of a Paul George thing. Like if anything. Trade Paul George. Yeah. If, if, if history repeats itself from last year and in, in years past, I, I don't see that happening. I think Paul George is going to have, it, you know what, you know, what's crazy Drew is even if Paul George has an amazing playoff and the Clippers lose, like he's still going to get, it's going to, he's going to be the scapegoat. That's just what it's going to be. Um, I'm not personally worried. I think he's going to decline the player option and sign a supermax deal with, with the Clippers. Like that's just what it's going to happen. The, the, the problem moving forward with the Clippers is we're kind of stuck with the players that we have now. And I'm fine with the players that we have. We have Marcus Morris. I'm as big of a Patrick Beverly fan as I am. Like it's really not working out right now. Like we got to figure out his rotation. I, I hate when, when Rondo and Pat are playing together. And I think me and you talked about this the other night. It's not good. I don't like it together. Right. And, and I think, and, and Ty's not dumb. Like if it's not working, it's not working and he won't do that moving forward. But, you know, Patrick being our heart and soul of the team and being a starter for so long and then being injured and coming back and then injured and then coming back and the emergence of, you know, uh, Big government, Reggie Jackson, um, who's been playing really, really, really well. I think that's something that we need to look at. And we're paying Pat $14 million a year, right? Um, no, I'm not scared of Kawhi leaving. I think he also wants to win a championship for the Clippers. And I think his best bet, he's he knows he's leveraged the franchise of getting Paul George. In order to come here, we had to leverage the franchise and do what Kawhi wanted. And I don't think it's in his even though he did it to San Antonio, but I don't think it's in his DNA. Um, We can write off. It's kind of like Miami, right? When Miami lost their first year, we can write off last year and have the excuses of, Oh, it's the bubble team chemistry. And then like the pandemic, we didn't have enough time on the court together. You've had it this year, right? You've had the time you've played, you know, I think they've been able to play something like 40 games together, which is great. Um, I think our leadership, I think he, he's bought into Ty Lue. Uh, I think, you know, our young guys with, with team man, I think he sees that. I just don't know where, where Kawhi would go. Right. Like every, every single, what's he going to do, go to the Knicks. And then what are you going to play with them? Uh, I definitely think a first round exit would again, not only kill me, uh, (laughs) but that might have him second guessing things, but look, man, this is what, this is what it's about is if we lose in the first round, it's your fault. Kawhi, that's what it is. You are our superstar. Uh, you are who we, we rely on, uh, and it's your job to get us over that hump. At least let's get get us to the Western Conference Finals. And you know what, Drew? It would be huge if we do see the Lakers in the first round. Cool, let's fucking beat them, right? And then let let's beat a whole healthy Lakers squad. And then you know that that would be huge for Clipper Nation for us to win that to win that series. the The competition right now in the West is so difficult, and I just. I, there, there isn't a clear-cut favorite for me for who's going to win the chip. I know for a fact that the Clippers and Lakers both have an opportunity to win this, but it's going to take a lot from our superstars, Paul George included, to pull this shit off, man. So to answer your question, I know I went on a little tangent. No, I think Paul, I think Kawhi 
is is committed to us, even though we don't know much about Kawhi. Again, we bring this up all the time. Uh, I think I think he wants to be a Clipper for life. And uh, I mean, why wouldn't you want to be? We have another arena coming in four years, even though like Kawhi would be what like maybe in the in the twilight of his career in four years. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think I honestly, I think I think I would be shocked to see him leave. Uh, but I'm sure the Toronto fans were shocked to see him leave after. No, the they were shocked. Come on, they knew what they said. They knew they got a rental, dude. And I'm sorry if dishes. No, but he won a championship. I'm sure though that fan base was like, there, there should be a chance that he stays. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be more shocking that he leaves this scenario. Mm-hmm. Than, than leaving the Toronto scenario. I, I, I completely agree with you. And again, Drew, legacy. Like, even when LeBron was a free agent when he went to Miami, I, I was adamant about saying, like, you really want to shock the world and, like, be a GOAT? Like, come to the Clippers and win one for the Clippers, you know, and, and put a banner up. And same thing with Kawhi. Like, if you want to be a GOAT and in that conversation, like, win one for this freaking franchise. You know, win one for us, man. And, you know, you'll get a statue, I promise you. You will get a statue. Yeah, at, at the new arena. At the new arena. You'll yeah. have Uh, This is your best opportunity to do it. Like you're at home, you have a bona fide star next to you. You have a really great coach and owner from top to bottom. That's huge for them, Drew. That's huge. If you talk to anybody in the NBA, they'll tell you like uh, management is key for us. Like are the, you know, Balmer makes the players first, whatever you want, state of the art, everything for you. So no, I don't think Kawhi is going to go. And let me ask you this. Yeah. For, for Clipper nation. Mm Mm-hmm. Would beating the Lakers in whatever round that it happens or advancing to the Western Conference Finals without having to play the Lakers, which one would you be more excited about? I want to get to the Western Conference Finals. I I totally do. And again, like if we're going to do this, this Rocky Balboa match in the, in the final, in the Western Conference Finals, I'd rather see the, the Lakers. And again, just for the narrative too, if we lose to the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, at least we lost to the defending champions in the Western Conference Finals, right? right. It's, it's this bullshit of like, if the Clippers lose to Dallas in the first round, like what the hell, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we doing? So I just, I, I, I think after what happened last year and, and to say that Paul George doesn't hear the noise and all the shit that's been talked about him this year he knows what's on the line right moving forward for your legacy and for your narrative like you you know all that shit that they talked about you you saw Devin Booker call you a pussy this year all these people coming at your throat and Paul George has been nothing short of amazing all year he really has it's been these past like two weeks where he hasn't been like himself so and that's kind of scary going into the playoffs we need you like Paul we got to get it together right so I just I, I I think we have enough star power and we're deep on the bench. Uh, we're seeing like I, I still think that that Patrick Beverly will mean something for us in the playoffs. Like I we, we're going to need him at some point. Um, but just the way Rondo has been playing so well, like his, his plus minus is like plus 70 when he's on the floor for us, which is crazy. You know what I mean? Do you uh, wish that you traded Pat Bev for Rondo instead of Lou Will? Now, moving forward. Yes. But I love Pat. Again, I wasn't expecting – I was adamant all offseason about I wanted Pat Beverly to sign with us because I think he's very important uh, to us. I just think now with the dynamic that we have and, like, how Reggie's been playing and, uh, like, Terrence Mann is an energy kind of guy too, like Pat. Like, he, we can't find his right – like, you can't just start Pat Beverly now after Reggie's been been doing this for half the season and, and doing really well at it. So if we could find a better – like subbing substitution scheme. I still like Rondo coming off the bench first, right? Like I like Rondo coming in for Reggie and then, but then you can't push the $14 million guy into that eighth, ninth role, right? Like you just, it just doesn't work like that. So we'll see what happens during the playoffs. Um, Again, we have a lot of firepower coming off the bench. God knows we got enough defense. I can't have Pat Beverly doing this bullshit in the in the playoffs, though. I don't need technicals. I don't need flagrant fouls. Same thing with Boogie, right? And I know when, when I talk to our referee friend, like that's the first thing he'll always say. Oh, well, you're, he's going to mess one up. Like he's going to mess up one game. And I say, well, he might he might win us one too. Like Boogie's Boogie's fitting in nicely for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even having Ibaka come back, like, yo, bro, you haven't played. You're dropping your Nigerian uh, rap albums. You haven't played in almost 35 games. And just dropping you into the starting lineup 
might not really work. Like Marcus Morris is working out perfectly fine. Now, now if we do see the Lakers in the first round, like, yeah, we might, we can definitely need Ibaka, you know, I'll tell you one thing though, Drew, we're not missing Montrez. We're not missing Montrez. Uh, so that actually, you know, maybe that's a shot at Trez. Cause I did, I, I rode for Trez all year last year. I definitely, I think you guys would definitely have used him uh, in this time without Ibaka. So I, I do think there's a, there is an aspect of like, if he was on your team, you guys might've pulled it out a couple more wins uh, like that Knicks game, for instance, I yeah. think I think Trez does pretty good against the Knicks. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it's I, I do think it's going to be uh, <laughs> an unfolding saga for the Clippers as far as you're right. Like you, the moves that you have to make if this season doesn't work out, even if it does, there's probably going to be moves. Like if you win a championship, there's probably going to be moves in the offseason because it is a kind of a strange roster right now. Um, and what I saw, I think our boy Tomer. Uh, who was on our show uh, about a month or two ago, uh, Clippers beat writer. He said that Ty Lue intends to continue to start Ibaka or uh, Zubak, even when Ibaka is ready to come back. And I think that's great. I think that's important. And I'm sure he feels the same way about Reggie. Uh, I think both those guys have earned their starting roles within this team. So I think, I think that the depth that you have is, is something that most teams, as I look around the Western conference, they don't go that deep. Most teams don't go as deep as you guys. Uh, and it's it's nice to have that depth. We know that playoff rosters, you know, you, you kind of shorten that rotation. Uh, so I do think there's a good chance that Pat Bev is one of those guys that ends up, you know, kind of missing out on a couple games. Same thing with the Lakers and like Gasol and Harrell. One of those guys probably not going to play in a game very much. And I just think if – I know Pat is passionate, <laughs> but I think, you know, that could be – the best thing for the Clippers, even though it might hurt him individually, it could be the best thing for him to be the third guard off the bench. I agree. And you know, it's funny, Drew, we're talking like it's only going to be Clippers and Lakers. Like that's the championship game. And it's like, no, then there's Philly and then there's Milwaukee. And then there's these other beasts in the East that we need to worry about, you know, if we get to that level, like, I don't know, man, It, it, if, if there was a Clipper-Laker matchup at some point in these playoffs, yes, beating the Lakers would be like the Clippers winning the championship. Right. It would. It would be really good. Uh, I think LeBron is getting ready to, to – to be in the playoffs. And he, I think he knows how important his role is. I mean, he does this every single year. They need him at hundred percent, even though he deflected and said, he'll never be hundred percent again. Uh, but I'm also concerned at, at, you know, he's been injured this ankle. If, if that rolls again, that's going to be a problem, dude, like a big problem. And we're seeing the fragility of Anthony Davis, every, and all of our Laker, Laker fan friends say the same thing. They're, yeah. they're not oblivious to the fact that it's every game. This guy takes a spill or, you know, or twists an ankle or tweaks something, the shoulder's hurting. So again, we said it all year, health is wealth. The healthiest people are going to have the best opportunity to win this championship. So right now, I mean, the way that it's working out, most likely the Lakers and Clippers will meet each other, whether it's in the first round or the second. Mm. Uh, The only way that that really gets avoided is if you guys drop to the four. It's Mm. the only way that, that we avoid that scenario. And I don't see that happening. So I do think right now what we're looking at most likely is a second round matchup between the Lakers and Clippers. So do I want to do, do we want to drop to the four, Drew? Like, is that where, where I want to be though? I do think, I think if you can drop to the four, Mm -hmm. that gives you Portland or Dallas. Right. Guaranteed. And then you get Utah or, you know, I mean, Golden State could be Utah. They just beat them the other night. I know. Uh, You would get Utah or Golden State unless the Lakers drop to eight, which I don't think is going to happen. So, um, very interesting. I mean, who knows if the Lakers play the Warriors in the playing game, there's a, there's definitely a 50% chance that we lose that game and we drop to the eight seed and we have to play Memphis or San Antonio to, to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a good chance that that unfolds. And then it, then if you drop to the four, we'll see each other second round anyway. I don't know. I think it's cool because I do think hopefully we are going to get uh, the first Lakers Clippers matchup in history for the playoffs. And I think it's going to be exciting. Interesting fact about the Clippers. Mm. You're the only team this season that has yet to play an overtime game. We haven't had one OT game? Zero. I watch every single game. I, I guess I should know that. <laughs> wow. It, you're the only team. Only team in the entire league that has not played a single game. Look at Drew spitting Clipper facts to me. Wow. Interesting thing. I, just, I mean, Lakers, the Lakers go to overtime all the time. We, we, we have six overtimes games. We're 5-1 and one at least in those games. But I just I wanted to throw that out there too. Random fact of the day. Uh, and then we can move on probably to the East Coast now. 
Well, I got a couple of things I wanted to bring up. I mean, if oh, you sure. want to talk about if, if you want to talk about the East, I'm not that big on talking about them. Uh, I thought the Jalen Brown, you know, for Boston, pretty much just solidified that that's going to be a wrap for them. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, and it, yeah, it sucks. It sucks for Boston. It sucks for Boston fans. And you know, Jalen Brown. It sucks for Brown. Brown. Of his career. It was, and they were, you know, they got to figure it out there, Drew. They have to figure it out. They obviously need more pieces. Uh, in my, you know. Miami lost Oladipo for the rest of the season too. And they're kind of hitting their stride. There's so many teams that are kind of hitting the stride right now. Um, but what do you got to say about the, about the Eastern conference? Well, the, the matchup that I've been tracking this whole time is, is that six, seven seed between Boston who was in the six when we started talking about this and Miami who was in the seven and Miami, as you mentioned, they're rolling, they're seven and three in their last 10. Uh, they've won three in a row and now they've, they've jumped all the way to the five seed. Uh, so the Knicks, because because of the tiebreaker between them, they're even they're tied. But the Knicks are in the sixth seed. Boston is now firmly in the seventh seed, and it's not looking good uh, for them. I mean, most likely they're going to have to play either the Pacers or the Hornets in the first round, and they are going to be lucky to get out of that matchup if 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 they can. I mean, like at this point, without Brown, Evan Fournier is going to have to step up tremendously. He had a huge game the other day. He's looking actually pretty good. Yeah, I would say he's actually looking pretty good, fitting in nicely. I think he's doing what they wanted him to do when they traded for him. I think he's providing that level of scoring. And then you have to look at Kemba Walker, right? If they're going to get out of the playing tournament, Kemba, obviously Tatum's going to do what he does, but Tatum can't have a bad game. That can't happen. He's he's prone to doing that from time to time. And Kemba has to have a great game. I think Kemba's trending up right now. So if there is one nice thing is that Kemba seems to be maybe tracking <laughs> to where, you know, he's getting 20 points a game again. Uh, but yeah, man, really tough, really tough way to, to close out the season, a really difficult season for the Celtics. Uh, so who knows, maybe they'll, maybe they'll make the playoffs. Maybe they won't, maybe they'll get bounced in the, in this play-in tournament. But now all of a sudden Miami, like I said, tied with the Knicks, they're in the five seed. They're looking potentially, they're only a half game back behind Atlanta in the four. Mm-hmm. Miami could just immediately rise from eight, like the eighth seed to the four seed in a matter of a week. Right. Um, and there's a good chance that they end up with home court advantage in the first round. Pretty fucking crazy. And, and they'd, I feel, either, they'd either see the Heat or the Knicks, right? Uh, yeah, they either see the Hawks or the Knicks. Yeah. Uh, and I, I feel bad for the Hawks, too, because I think the Hawks could win the matchup against the Knicks. I think the, the Hawks offensively have a lot. I think the Knicks are really tough defensively, and I, I think that would be a great series. I was kind of looking forward to seeing like what offensive firepower versus defensive firepower, what that results in. Um, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid on Atlanta. I'm not. But, no, but I, I think they're definitely going to lose to Miami. Like, I, I don't think there's any chance that they beat Miami. I just think that's that's like the worst case scenario for the, for the Hawks. I think they, they have could, no – who's, who's Bam? Who's Who's got Bam? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be Clint Capella um, and and probably John Collins and uh, Onyeke Okongwu, our boy. Uh, but look, I just I, I feel I feel bad for the Knicks. Uh, well, I feel bad for the Knicks and I feel bad for the Hawks. Right. Because the Knicks were possibly going to win against the Hawks, but now they're going to play the Bucks, And that is not mm. that is not a scenario. I mean, so it is funny, man, like how crazy. All of these seeds are. I thought we were going to find a period where, you know, two weeks ago, I was like, there's a good chance that it ends just like this. I was so wrong. (laughs) Things are changing every every second. And for uh, for the league, this is this has to be good. This has to be good. The the, the ratings for these last few games have to be up, in my opinion, in comparison to last seasons. You know what else, though, is, again, the Wizards and and Washington and seeing them in these playing games, because just the way Russ has been playing. And I know I'm not going to I'm not going to spend 10 minutes on this because we talk about Russell every single week. I mean, he broke the record the other night, 182 triple doubles. And, you know, we posted him on our page a few different times and looking back at all of his triple double numbers were just ridiculous, right? Like absolutely ridiculous. And there's a lot of Russ haters out there, man. We had a couple that were jumping into the DMS. Oh, empty stats, never won an important game, never won a championship. And then, and, and, and it's funny because even listening to Jamal Crawford, Jamal Crawford was on uh, David Aldridge's pod. And Jamal's like, look, 
the players respect Russ so much because we know how hard that is to get these kind of numbers, right? And it's not like he's getting 10, 10, and 10. He's literally getting 27, 15, and, and, and 18, like huge numbers. Like the players respect it. Uh, and when you when you look at it like that, that 08 draft, right? Like think about the guys that are left in that draft. It was uh, Michael Beasley, OJ Mayo, uh, Kevin Love was drafted right after him, if I'm not mistaken. And shout out to Kevin Love, who dropped a 30 piece last night. Looked like vintage Kevin Love. Like after we were talking a lot of, you know, mess about him the he past was listening. Couple, he was he listening. He definitely listened. It was just letting it fly last night. 30 piece looked really good. Um, but just the, what Russell has done, man, is absolutely crazy. And they also showed um, some interviews from 10 years ago. They were interviewing LeBron and Jason Kidd about that Oscars record. And Jason Kidd's like, never. Like, this will never happen again, ever. And LeBron's like, nope, won't happen. And you'd think that, like, the, the, the person that would most likely get the triple-double numbers would probably be LeBron, you know, and Jason Kidd. Both those guys who were really, really good at getting triple-doubles. But even like since the all-star break, I was listening somewhere since the all-star break, like Russell has 200 more assists than Chris Paul. He's got 40 more rebounds than the next leading rebounder, which I think was Capella or Joker or something like that. Like the numbers are ridiculous. Jonas, that's who it was. Yeah. Um, Just the numbers are ridiculous. And we take it for granted. So yeah, if you're just a, if you're a couch coach and you look at Russell Westbrook and just cause you don't like him, you think that the numbers are empty. You go out there in year 15 and do this or, or whatever. What is this? This is year 13. You go out and do this, bro. Where's at tell me where Michael Beasley's at right now. <laughs> where are you at OJ Mayo? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, in the last few games he's been doing without Brad Beal too. Uh, I think the last two games, Brad's been out uh, two or three games now too. So, and they, they've hit a bit of a losing streak. They lost two in a row here, but dude, we, we, I don't, we don't need to, to do it again. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook is great. Uh, what he's doing is very difficult. Um, and I can understand, it, you know, the bad side of Russ is also very apparent. Mm-hmm. We don't need to beat that into the ground. Uh, there, there doesn't have to be a constant battle between the, well, I like Russ or I don't like Russ. Like you can just a- admit that he's good at basketball. Like James Harden said uh, about himself, not to brag, not to not brag, to, not to brag, but I'm pretty uh, good at this game. But he also, like I, I said on the last one, like he can will you to wins. He can also fucking lose games for you too, which, I, which is why I understand the, the critics of him. I mean, he almost lost that the overtime game. Uh, I forget who it was against two, 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 two or three games ago. He like just threw the ball away and then fouled out of the game. And it's like, whoa, like, what are you doing? And so I, obviously that's something that Russ has, you know, problems with and, and and like that impulse control and decision-making in the clutch, I get it, but nobody's a perfect player, dude. That's just the, that's just the way it is. And I'm taking his energy and effort over those careless, stupid mistakes. And I, God knows, man, I mean, look, I, I remember being like 12 years old, screaming at Kobe to pass the ball because he shot shot the ball for the 12th time in a row and he was double teamed. And like, I get it. Like, it's very frustrating when you're a fan and you go, Russ, stop shooting threes. Please stop shooting threes. Uh, and so I understand both sides of the thing. I, I you know, I, I just, I would always want a guy like that on my team uh, as opposed to having to face that guy uh, on another team. And again, and again, I say it all the time. And I, and I feel sometimes with Russell, I I'm always defending him kind of like I defend Paul George all the time. And, you know, I've never heard one bad thing said about Russell by any of his teammates. You know, the only time like it doesn't work is when there's that super alpha next to him. Like, okay, it didn't work with James Harden. It, they tried with KD and, you know, when he was by himself in OKC, it worked, right? Because people bought in and they're, they believe in him and, and Beal and him get get along just fine. And well, so hold on, it worked to a level, right? Yeah. Like he, they were barely five hundred, you know, in his MVP season. I think mm. they were just over five hundred. So I mean, it worked to a level. Mm. And I think that's where the critics. I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and say that he's, you know, some some impenetrable basketball player that doesn't make any mistakes. I, I mean, it's just it's fair to recognize that he's good. Mm-hmm. But it's also fair to recognize that he has he has problems in this game too. It's fine. It, it just. We, we also just need to just flat out admit that this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the, like you said, dude, it, it felt like Oscar's record was just like John Stockton's record 
where it's like no one's gonna get to fucking sixteen thousand assists. What the fuck is that? Right. That's what it felt like. I mean, because it was Oscar like significantly higher than anybody else. Mm-hmm. It was insane, and he did it, and he's and he's still gonna keep doing this, dude. It's it's nuts. I so look, yes, it's difficult for him. Uh, to win people over at this stage of his career. I don't think he cares about that. And I no. think most people have already made up their minds about Russ. Right. So trying to debate somebody on whether or not he's a good, that doesn't matter. Uh, you can at least, even if you think he's not a good player or empty stats, you got to be able to appreciate the level that he plays at in, a, in, said, a, in an era where, where guys are taking time off left and right. He's had 26 triple doubles since the all-star break. The, what the, the sec- fuck is that? That's the insane. Se- the second best is Joker was six. Okay. Yeah. So like, Whatever, say what you want about Russell. I'll take him on my team any day. And the fact that he's doing this in in the you know the back end of his career, I guess if you want to say it like that, uh, still as athletic, still as as explosive as ever. Um, and it, it's just something that we're gonna miss. Like I wish these guys that are hating would just appreciate what you're seeing with basketball. It's kind of like people that hate on LeBron. Like you understand, in two years, this guy won't be in the NBA anymore. Probably, maybe, maybe two or three five years, five, ten. Who cares? <laughs> But there's going to be a day like when, you know, there's going to be a day where T-Mac's not here and Kobe's not here and Dirk's not here and Timmy's not here. And, you know, let's just appreciate it. And again, give the people the flowers when they deserve it. So you had something fun happen this week, Drew. You you finally got the top shot. You got the top shot itch and you were really (laughs) excited. You got your first two moments and you're going to have a pack opening. You're going to do your first pack. I'm proud of you, bro. Tomorrow's the day. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, only only by the guidance of your wisdom uh, did I feel comfortable. I mean, I let you really explore that and and you know find your footing. I think you're doing pretty awesome stuff with the with the Top Shot. Uh, but yeah, I, I earlier this week I bought a, a Kevin Durant and I bought an Aaron Gordon, and I'm going to get my first pack tomorrow. So I am on the Top Shot train. Uh, and this bitch is leaving the station. I'm about to. I'm about to make it rain in there. I'm gonna get so pissed because tomorrow's a common pack. Like if you pull a number one LeBron, I'm gonna be livid. Like livid. Okay. I. I. The market is down like crazy, and I'm. I'm sorry if the people. That, if you're listening to this show, you're a basketball fan. You would love Top Shot. Okay. I'm completely addicted about it. I've <laughs> talked about it on this show for a while. I took major L's earlier, but now I'm getting a lot better with my approach to what I'm doing. It's all about packs. You know, I was up 30% the other day. I'm down 15% today. Uh, I'm all about the hold, but I thought this was interesting, Drew. The NBA, first of all, the they've done like really no marketing about it. It's all been word of mouth and everybody on social and whatnot, but they're doing their first like collab with FanDuel tonight. They're giving away 70, um, 70 legend or rare legendary packs tonight, which is huge. Uh, if you, if you, if your team, like I set my team up, you had 60 K to set your team and like whoever wins, you can get one of these packs, but it's interesting. The NBA is going to do its first NFT with an NBA team in today's game against the Clippers. So it's Clippers against uh, Charlotte and, um, they're going to do their own NFT. Like you have to be in attendance of the, of the game and have the, the, uh, the Hornets app on their phone and it's five bucks. And so I, I have my boy, Wesley, uh, who works for, uh, works for them. I'm trying to get him to get me that NFT, but we're going to see a lot of integrating with these NFTs and top shot, especially moving forward to the playoffs. Cause I think there's going to, you're going to see a lot of it. There's going to be commercials. You're going to see ads for it. So if you're interested Hop on the Top Shot train. I'll be doing live webinar courses for you if you need me to, to teach you how to do this. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm excited for your first pack tomorrow. And I think it'll give us just some more stuff to talk about, like on the show. Yeah, I'm excited too. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get my hopes up uh, as far as like expectations of getting some sort of awesome rare, you know, card or super high number or whatever. I don't, I don't expect... Uh, you know, I just I just want three more moments at this point. That's all I want. And that's what I'm going in at. So I can be really pleasantly surprised if something awesome falls my way. But most likely I'm going to get you know a bunch of moments that I could give a shit about. So I'm, I'm OK with that. I'm excited to, to get the pack tomorrow and, and unveil it. And, uh, you know, we'll see where this journey takes us. I think we're 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 looking forward to the playoffs and, and more moments and more packs and shit like that. And yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, it's funny that you say like for the people that enjoy basketball, don't don't join Top Shot. That's what we should be telling people. This is for us. Like, don't do it. Don't waste your time with Top Shot. Let us take the moments. You don't need to log on. You don't need to create an account. 
just let us have the moments and uh, you know, we'll, we'll continue to, to blow you away with our stories. I have 102 moments right now, bro. hundred yeah, and two. And I, I cannot believe I've, cause I just accumulated so many early. And again, you told me to stop talking about the past. So I'm not going to bring up my first week in top shot when I spent way too much money, but Anyways, I've been five for five on the last packs, and you guys will all understand it's extremely difficult to get these packs. I think I have a, I have a, uh, an algorithm I'm using now, Drew. So um, I thought that was just interesting. NFT at the game. I think we're going to see more of this once, um, once uh, you know, fans are going to be allowed back in the buildings. I think there's going to be a lot of benefits uh, to to ha- owning a Top Shot, going to these games, and I thought it'd be cool, like the Clippers had reached out to see if I wanted any playoff tickets to go to the game. And I'm, I'm really not interested in that right now, but you could possibly get on an NFT. Like you could get into a top shot. Like fans are coming back. Like if I had good seats, like, you know, that would be they, in the background. Yeah. I thought that would be kind of cool. Then I that would be cool. Sell mine on the blockchain, bro. Clips, clips, <laughs> NFT. Um, you got anything else, Drew? Uh, no, a couple, a couple nice matchups tonight. Uh, last, last thing I'll say is um, there's only four days left of the season. Um, so all these games are really going to be pretty crucial outside of, you know, the random bottom of the league teams that don't give a shit. But tonight, Clippers Hornets, obviously a big game for the Western Conference. Uh, you get Sixers Heat tonight. Mm. Huge mm. game there. Uh, and then the, the last one, you're going to close it out with the seven o'clock uh, Pacific time, the Trailblazers and the Suns. Ooh. Let's go, Suns. Let's go, Suns. <laughs> I want to see a victory from the Suns. I, I'm I'm pretty disappointed in Utah for letting Portland, you know, just kind of walk all over them last night. Uh, really would like to see somebody beat this fucking team so that we might have a chance to avoid this playing game. Steph Curry scares me in the playing game. Oh, it's a boy. one game scenario. It's mm. terrifying. Uh, the guy can go off for 50 at a moment's notice. So let's get out of the seven seed. Let's go Suns. All right. Beats by JT. Take him out with the with with a hot one from our boy. So follow through with clips and Drew. We'll be back next week. We're ghosts. You know what it is, you know what it is, you know where you're at. This is the fall.